you have your Bible, take it to Acts chapter number 4. Acts chapter number 4. There may be a pew Bible there in, in there as well if you need one. Acts chapter number 4. Uh, we're going to read the Scripture together in just a few minutes here. But um, Acts 4 is the, the setting, if you will, so I'll kind of explain what's going on, what's taking place, and we'll jump right into the text this morning. At the beginning of Acts chapter number 4, Peter and John were thrown into jail uh, because they healed a lame man, uh, uh, and, they, and they, it kind of upset the apple cart a little bit, and so uh, they, they threw him into jail, and uh, after being in jail, they allowed them to, uh, if you will, to kind of defend themselves, and so Peter and John, they, well, Peter mostly, but uh, John, and they begin to speak back to who, the, who was in charge, and they begin to say uh, why they shouldn't take, uh, put them in jail, uh, whose name they came in, and Jesus' name. And, and then they decided, uh, the Sanhedrin decided that Peter and John needed to be released. Uh, they said, well, these guys have done nothing wrong. Uh, except they healed a lame man. And, uh, but Peter and John don't ever talk about Jesus no more. And uh, so that was their reprimand. Don't ever talk about Jesus no more. Because if you do, then you'll be in trouble. And Peter makes a statement. He says, look, I, he said, I can't help but speak about what Jesus has done for me. And that's where we preached that last week. But now we're going to jump to the next scripture in verse number 23. This is Peter and John being released from prison, if you will. And they go back to their brethren and go back to the other church, the church, if you will. And they begin to talk to the church. So if you have your Bible um, and you've got it there with you, let's all stand and we'll read together verses number 23 all the way down to verse number 30. And uh, let's begin reading together. I read aloud, you read silently there. And the Bible says, And being let go, uh, that's John and Peter, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priest and the elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. And, and all that, is in, that in them is, who by the mouth of, uh, of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage, and the people imagine vain things? And the kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against, Christ, against his Christ. For of a truth against the holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And verse number, uh, verse number 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness that we may, that uh, they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of the holy child Jesus. Yeah. Now, we're going to take this scripture here in these these seven verses and try to do our best to dissect what's going on here. This is most of it is a prayer by the church. And so we're going to take and look at that prayer. Let's pray together. 
again. I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in your house. I thank you for those that are here today. I pray for those that could not make it this morning for whatever reason it may be. I pray for those that are sick. I pray for those that are out. I pray for those that are discouraged this morning. I pray that you will help them to be encouraged. Help them to help to strengthen the weak. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. We thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for today. Thank you for Sunday. Thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you for the many blessings you've given to me. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my children. And I love you. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my church, folks. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Well, let's take a look. Let's take a gander here in the first couple of verses here. Uh, And the Bible says in verse number 23, they were let go. Peter and John immediately went back to their company. They went back to their group of people, uh, their, their, their brothers, their church, if you will. And they began to tell them what took place what the high priest did, uh, what the chief priest did, I'm sorry, and the elders had said unto them that they were not allowed to speak in the name of Jesus and so on and so forth. Uh, but if you look in verse number 25, uh, they begin, in verse number, um, verse number 24, they begin to pray. They begin to pray, and we'll get to that. But I want us to jump down to verse number 25, verse number 26, and we'll come back to verse number 24. In verse number 25, the Bible says, Who by the mouth of thy, David, uh, thy servant David hath said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Uh, Peter uh, and John and the church, they're quoting Scripture. And Psalms chapter number 2 is, is quoting David here. And David makes a statement, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? And in the next verse, verse 26, while the kings of the earth stood up and the rulers gathered together against the Lord. See, what had just happened was, is Jesus had been crucified. I mean, we're talking a couple months, or I don't know exactly the time period, how long it had been, but it really hadn't been very long that this group of people had nailed Jesus to the cross, and they crucified Him, and all the earth was against Jesus, is what it said. And the rulers stood up, and the, uh, the kings of the earth stood up against Jesus, and they nailed Him to the cross. You'll see that, uh, you know, first when Jesus came to this earth, He came uh, first with weakness and God allowed them to do the worst to Jesus. Think about what the, the men and the women did to Jesus on the cross leading up to that point, how, how wicked it was and how wrong it was that they took Jesus and they nailed Him to a cross and Jesus let them do that. And God allowed His Son to go through the torture and the pain that He went through. They, uh, he allowed that to take place. Listen, when the, that, the first time when He came, He came with weakness. But the next time He comes, He won't come in weakness. He'll come in strength. And the veil will be, uh, the veil will be ripped as he, as the resurrection day, uh, uh, the temple veil was rent. Uh, when Jesus comes again, he'll come with strength and power. That's how Jesus will come again. Uh, and listen, you say, why in the world? Look in that verse, in verse number 27, they call him the holy child of, uh, of Je- Jesus. Why is he called the child? Because he is the son of God. 
That's who he is. He is the son of God. So he is the child of God. He is. He is the child, Jesus. If you'll notice in this verse as well, in verse number 25, and verse number 26, uh, he says that the kings stood up against him. In verse number 27, I see something in the text that I honestly I never really noticed before. But in verse number 27, uh, Herod and Pontius Pilate, they crucified Jesus. They chose to with the Gentiles. When I've always studied it out and thought, man, I immediately uh, the Jews were the ones that put Jesus on the cross. But it wasn't just the Jews. It was the Gentiles that put him on the cross as well. From what I understand is Pontius Pilate was a Gentile ruler. And so not only did the Jews crucify him, I helped crucify him. You say, how did you help crucify Jesus because of my sin? Your sin was what nailed Jesus there. My sin is what nailed Jesus there. Even David prophesied of what would take place with Jesus. It's amazing how the Scripture lines upon the Scripture and Scripture being fulfilled and we can see it right before our eyes. As you look at what's happening in today's world, we're seeing Scripture being fulfilled as Christ is readying His return. Well, I want to mention four different things here this morning about this prayer. He went back to the church and told them what had taken place, and they began to pray. I want to give you number one, they begin to pray in unity. In verse number 24, the Bible says, And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. What does that mean, Brother Trenton? That means that the children of Israel, I mean, I'm sorry, the church here at this time, they gathered together and they began to pray in unity. They began to pray together. And it wasn't one praying over here having his own agenda and one praying over here having their agenda. They all began to pray and he gathered over there and they gathered in the corner and they gathered in that corner and they all began to pray, praying the same thing, praying the same goal. And they prayed in unity. What hurts churches more than anything else is disunity and people not going in the same direction and praying in the same direction. Uh, We need unity. You say, Brother Trenton, are we having problems? I don't think we have problems with unity. But I'm going to tell you, uh, disunity will hurt churches. Disunity will hurt the prayer that takes place. When when the prayer happened, in verse number 31, we're not going to get there, but the power fell when they prayed and unity. Acts chapter number one, the Bible talks about them being in one accord. And when they prayed in one accord, the power fell. Listen, the power is not falling because we're not praying in unity. The power is not falling because we're not praying together. We're not all on the same page. We're reaching for one goal. We need the power to fall. The power to fall is all of us being in the same spot, praying for the same thing. Unity. We need unity. As a church, we need unity. As a family, you need unity. If your family is not on the same page, yeah, there's not, un- there's not a true unity in your family. There's not. 
Well, one's going this way and one's going that way. Listen, I remember when I was in Bible college, I worked a full-time job. Miss Stacy worked a full-time job. I went to school, and li- I, I didn't see my wife but one hour a day for lunch at 1 o'clock because I went to school from basically 7 o'clock in the morning till noon. I had a two-hour window. I went to work from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m., and that's what I, that was my schedule while I was at, in Bible college. But for that two-hour window, I would meet my wife halfway, and we'd eat lunch together every day for an hour. That was the only time I got to see her, unless she stayed up late. But most times she didn't because she had to be to work at 6 o'clock in the morning the next morning. So we had one hour. By the time, we gradu- by the time I graduated Bible college, we had to get to know each other again. Because we didn't know each other. I mean, we had spent one hour a day uh, for two or three, I mean, for three years we did that. You don't spend a lot of time together. Listen, as a family, you need the family unit to to mesh and to go together. Uh, Children not being obedient to parents causes disunity in the home. Husbands and wives not being on the same page will cause disunity in the family. And one wants to spend money over here and one doesn't want to spend spend money over here and you're fighting about this and you're fighting about that it causes disunity in the family but if we need disunity in the family we are the family of God and so we need people who come from every walk of life and you come from here and you come from there and we put our family together and we're born again saved believers and so we're all part of the family and we put aside all of our issues and we put aside everything that that uh, that, that so easily beset us and we become a family and we pray in unity. Well, what about this guy? And what about this guy? Look at what he's doing. No, no, no. Don't be so concerned about what everyone else is doing. Be concerned about making sure that we're in unity Amen. and praying together. Because Amen. so what happens is we begin to fuss and fight. Well, well, did you see what they did? And did you see what they didn't do? No. Let's see what we can do to have unity in the family. Yeah. Because true family, hey, bumps come, who's going to be there for you? Most, not all the time, but most of the time, family's going to be there for you. Most of the time. But as a Christian, our family, we ought to stick together. Amen. And we need unity. We ought to be on the same page. Bible says in Psalms that, brethren, we ought to dwell It's good to dwell in unity. You see, when they prayed, they prayed in unity. Number two, they prayed with praise. In verse number 24, the Bible says, And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, uh, which hast made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. Before they begin to pray, before they begin to get in their prayer good, they wanted to praise God for what He had done. But I want you to take a place. I want you to think for just a moment. I want you to put yourself in their position right now. Their members, their leaders were in jail, had been arrested. And their first thing is to praise God. Huh? 
What's our first thing when, when we hit rock bottom and, and things don't go our way and, and we begin to see all these things, this happens and this happens. Our first result is not to praise God. Praise God for all that He is. Praise Him for Lord our God. Praise Him for the earth. Praise Him for the sun. Praise Him for what He's made. Look, the word praise, the word praise means uh, it's an expression of gratitude. Do you ever praise God for what He's done? Oh man, you've not been walking into my shoes, man. I, I don't have much to praise Him for. I got something to praise him for. You say, what's that? I just breathed. (laughs) Hallelujah. I've got two eyes and two feet and two hands and two lungs. I I can breathe pretty good. Some days if I'm running real fast, I can't breathe too good. But (laughs) Right? Right. But there's, if you looked around your life, yeah, you can have something to fuss about. As that song, everybody's going through something. You look around this room, there's many people in here that you're hurting, that you've been through tragedy. You're upset. Things have not always gone your way. But you can still praise God for something. So when they begin to pray, they begin to pray together. Not fussing at God because John and Peter had been, been arrested. They began to praise God for what he had done. So when they began to pray, they prayed together in unity. They began to praise God for what he'd done. Then number three, look what else they did. In verse number 29, the Bible says, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Let's talk about that for just a moment. What do they understand? These disciples, these people of the church, they understood how much trouble they were in. They understood that they were underneath the threatenings of the government. The government had come down and said not to speak in the name of Jesus. What would happen today if our government told us not to speak in the name of Jesus? What would happen if the government told us we couldn't assemble anymore? See, the government came down and said, listen, you cannot speak in the name of Jesus. And so they met together and the first order of business was one, they began to pray in unity. Two, they began to praise God for all he did. And then number three, they began to ask God. Look in verse number 29, he said, and grant unto thy servants with all, what's the next word? Bold. They didn't ask God to take away the persecutors. They didn't ask God to do away with the government. They didn't ask God to help them uprise against the government. They asked God for boldness. Why? Why boldness? Why boldness? So that they, read the rest of that verse, so they could speak the word. So what they wanted to do was they wanted to defy them that said, you can't speak in the name of Jesus, but ask God that he'll give us boldness to speak whatever we need to speak. Amen. Amen. Government comes down and says, you can't speak in the name of Jesus. Uh, buddies, buddies of yours have already been arrested. What's your prayer? Lord, get them out of jail and kill the government, right? <laughs> yeah, most likely. 
Get rid of them leaders, man. Look at them. Look at what they're doing in our country. No. Hey, God, would you give me boldness? Would you help me to stand? Would you help me to keep preaching the truth? Would you help me to make sure that I have courage? Because boldness means courage. Boldness means a fearfulness, a fear, a fearlessness. Boldness means bravery. So what they asked God is for bravery. What they asked God for was courage. What they asked God for was fearlessness. So that no one would tell them what they can and can't say. Our prayers are not that way. Our prayers are selfish. You say, what do you mean our prayers? Look, how do we pray? They prayed in unity. They praised God. And then they asked God basically for the strength to be able to withstand the uh, persecution that was coming their way. They knew what was coming and they asked God to give them the strength they needed so that they could withstand what was going to take place. Because in just a couple of chapters, persecution hits hard against the church. Book of Acts, there's a man, they hire a man to go around and kill Christians. Anybody who speaks in the name of Jesus, you either kill them or throw them into jail. These Christians at the time that had met in the church that day, they didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know what was about to take place. But they went to God and asked for boldness. When they could have asked for anything else in the world. They could have asked for God to kill kill them, get rid of them. They didn't ask for that. They asked for God to make them bold. You know what we need to be? We need to be bold Christians. We need to have bravery and courage and fearlessness about the gospel. This world needs the gospel. This world needs the gospel. Most people are scared to say it. Talk about it. Shh. Don't talk about that. We can talk. I, I, I can begin a conversation with anybody on the street. All I have to do is start talking about football with anybody. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like it, then I can change subjects and begin to talk about something that interests them. But we don't have a problem about talking about football. We don't have a problem talking about baseball or soccer. Who likes soccer? Anyway, um, I'm just kidding. You have a bunch of different things that you can talk about. Maybe you, I don't know, a million things. But why is it that when it comes to the gospel and it comes to God, he's the last thing on the list to even think about talking about in front of anybody? When they prayed, they asked God that he would give them courage and boldness. You realize you're in church today because of these men that prayed that day? They prayed, asked God to give them boldness, and the Bible says in Acts 7, I believe Acts 17, that they turned the world upside down. You know how that took place? Because when they started praying, they prayed together. 
And they praised God and they prayed for boldness. But then the last thing, and I'm done, they asked God for a sign. They said, God, okay, now listen, we're asking you to help us have signs and wonders so that the world can see that you're real. They asked God to be able to heal people. They asked God to be able to show a sign. That's what they asked for. A sign. A wonder. A wonder is a miracle. A sign is something that signifies or something that is visible. You know what this world needs? is signs and wonders. You say, what do you mean? They need miracles. You know the best the best sign for any, anybody today? You know the best sign for the lost world is a changed life. Yeah. I don't know how to tell people I, I've been saved. Change your life. I'm not the same that I used to be. When they prayed, they prayed in unity. They praised God. And they, had, they prayed for courage prayed for boldness, and then they prayed, basically, ask God, show us. Show us. Show it. Now, I'm done. I'm going to be done. But I want to ask you a couple of questions. Would you, would you pray with me in unity? Would you pray with me that we can fight against the devil? About, I think it was May, uh, March or February, somewhere around there, we joined together and began to pray for our church. Prayed for a couple different things. We prayed for three different things. We prayed for people to get saved, and we prayed for people to join the church, and we prayed for people to get baptized. We prayed for those three things. I believe at that prayer meeting that we had, there was a sense of unity. And since then, praying in unity, God is blessed. And we've had people saved, we've had people join the church, and we've had people baptized. Yeah. I'm not done. God's not done. No. God's not done. No. So I'm asking you, I, I, let's do it again. Let's pray in unity for those three things. Pray with me for those three things. Maybe you're sitting here this morning, you say, I, I'm not saved. Maybe you need to get saved. Maybe you say, well, I've never joined the church. Well, maybe you need to join the church. You say, well, what does it take to join the church? You have to say, hey, I want to join the church. Don't automatically become a member just because you uh, attend church. Hey, I want want to be a member at Mid-County Baptist Church. Maybe you're sitting out there, you've been saved. And you need to be baptized. Well, guess what? Maybe, hey, raise your hand. Hey, I need to be baptized. I don't want people to look at me. It doesn't matter. Hey, no one's going no one's gonna to look at you all mean and ugly and look at you crazy because you want to get baptized. We're going to be excited for you. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Would you do those three things with me this morning and pray? <coughs> maybe, maybe you come to church, but not very regular. So, hey, get more regular. Maybe you only come to Sunday morning church. Maybe you ought to come more than one service a week. Right. Challenge you, Christian. Hey, let's pray in unity. 
praise God for the blessings. Ask for something together. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for everyone that is here. I pray that you will help us all to live for you. I pray not only that you'll help us to live for you, but I pray as we gather around this church today, we'll pray for unity. Pray that you'll continue to bless and have people saved and baptized to join the church. I pray that if there's someone in here that needs to be baptized, I pray that they'll make a decision. Maybe there's someone in here that wants to join the church. They need to make that decision. Lord, I also ask if there's one that doesn't know you, I pray that today would be the day that they ask Christ to save them. Yeah. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.